Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Grace Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. All of us want to change. All of us have different things about ourselves that we want to change. But it's important for us to ask what exactly we want to change into and why we want to change. As a church, it's our desire that we are continually changing, that we are continually being made like Christ, regardless of how old we are, regardless of how long we've been following Jesus. And we've come across a book that we feel like is a really helpful resource in cultivating change. I invited Aaron on the podcast today to talk about You Can Change, a book by Tim Chester. Uh, We talk about a couple of key insights and key concepts from the first couple chapters of the book. We hope that it's helpful, and we hope that it fuels you in your pursuit of Christ and change into His likeness. All right. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, Trevor. How are you doing? I am doing well. Ready for Thanksgiving? Yeah. I was going to ask you a pop question for for you, because I know you love traditions, I know you love Thanksgiving, I know you love Christmas. What is your favorite uh, family memory that you guys had of uh, a tradition that you guys had growing up? What was your favorite? Specific to Thanksgiving or just across the board? No, across the board. Probably mm. even maybe more so Christmas. Yeah. Um, look at you. Sneak attack pop question. Sneak attack. Um, man, uh, the first thing that's come to mind is uh, getting a real Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. When we were really young, um, we, we would go get real Christmas trees. And I just love the smell of the, the tree. And um, I, I guess as we got a little older and... Um, I guess it was easier for my parents to go the fake tree route. So that's something that we have uh, embraced. There goes a siren. You can probably hear that. Uh, something we've embraced as a family as we do um, a real Christmas tree. So love the love the Christmas tree scent that fills the home, the pine needles that get everywhere, the sap that gets all over your hands as you're preparing mm. it, you know, all of those lovely things. Mm. The allergic reactions you have to having, you know, a big allergen ball in yeah. the house. You know, yeah. it's great. I did learn uh, last night that Mike Norris is allergic to yeah. both grass and Christmas trees. So yeah. no Christmas tree in their house. Yep. They don't even celebrate Christmas probably. Yeah, probably not. So we're going to be discussing the book, You Can Change. This is a, a book that um, I guess I came across. Um, uh, I, I've just always really appreciated Tim Chester's work. Mm-hmm. And it was a book that as we started to think about how we could resource our group leaders and uh, just continue to kind of improve the quality of our groups and, and provide some helpful language around groups. We said, let's let's give this a read and let's read through it with our community group leaders. So um, we also thought it'd be helpful to to kind of distill some of the some of the insights that we gleaned from the first couple of chapters and kind of talk about it on the podcast uh, for you listeners, since you are presumably a part of one of our community groups. If you're not a part of our church, you know, hopefully you're engaged in something like a community group there. Uh, but we hope that we hope that this little discussion is helpful. Um, so uh, I'll I'll go ahead and kick it off, Aaron, with a question. Um, the book's called "You Can Change," uh, and the question is: Is there hope for change? And for us uh, specifically, recognizing our uh, sin tendencies, recognizing our fallibility, um, uh, recognizing that we are uh, not yet what we want to be. Is there hope for us to change? 
yeah, I think there is a lot of hope. I love the the subtitle of this book. It's God's transforming power for our sinful behavior and negative emotions, which is kind of long. Uh, it's like 10 words for a subtitle. But I think it highlights God can transform us with anything and everything we are struggling with, anything and everything we're hmm. kind of going through. Just on in his introduction, he uses the phrase hope for change or you can change like three, four, five times, just over and over and over again in like a two page introduction. And obviously we're not we're not believing that it will just come to be because we just say it. If we just say you can change, you can change, you can change enough, it's gonna happen. But we very much believe um, in the in the spirit's work to transform us into the image of Christ. Um, so on what basis do we have a hope for change? The Holy Spirit working in us, mm. Jesus Christ, mm. uh, his death, you know, burial, resurrection, ascension, uh, the Father orchestrating things from, from the foundations of, of the world. So essentially we're always preaching something to ourselves. And a lot of times that's going to be our emotions, our sinful behavior, maybe being okay with them, maybe not being okay with them and not knowing what to do. But because of the Holy Spirit, because of Christ, because of God the Father, we have a hope for, for mm. change. And the promises in Scripture that there's that there's change, that mm. Jesus is at work in us, and he, he will complete what He began in us. Um, why do you think it's important for us to establish that right off the bat? And why do you think it's important for Chester in that opening chapter to say, like as you said, three and four times, there is hope for change? Mm. I think it does wanna, want to highlight that we are people who who struggle, who wrestle through things. Um, we wrestle through, you know, things from we weigh too much or we look a certain way and mm. we want to change that to um, I wish I could, you know, as an athlete in high school, you know, run faster, jump higher, or I wish I could do my job more or whatever, you know, better. Um, we We consistently, I think, want growth, but... I think he's he's establishing that that we want to change, and ultimately the the hope for change would be changing into the image of Christ, hmm. not um, not into you know really something of this world. We have a hope that we can we can be transformed to to look more like Christ, and he wants to emphasize that over and over and over again. Like there's a lot of hope in a book. It's called You Can Change. Yeah, well, there's just power in like making that assertion you know mm. you can change mm. that, that there is indeed hope for change mm. and as you said not just change kind of generally but change into christ um and so the follow-up question to that then how can we say that change into christ is hopeful like i would imagine we hear that and maybe we have certain assumptions about words like holiness and words like spiritual disciplines and 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 those sorts of ideas maybe we even even kind of default we, we wouldn't say this but maybe somewhere in our heart that feels a little bit like drudgery. Mm. Um, so how can we say that it's hopeful to mm. be changed into Christ? Mm. Yeah, because Chester highlights that that holiness is always good news, mm -hmm. which it probably doesn't always feel like good news, but mm -hmm. like we've been talking in the equip class on, on Sunday mornings that we want to do rightly motivated spiritual disciplines with a direction. We're not just doing disciplines for the sake of, of doing them because we need to check it off a list or whatever. We have a direction of uh, putting on Christ, of putting on holiness. And that is actually what we are created for. Hmm. Um, it's not something that um, 
is just mundane and a, and a drudgery to uh, pursue, but really it's our job and it's what we were created for. It's what our um, hope is in. That in many ways before Christ, it feels like um, we're actually living in freedom. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want. No one's holding us accountable, partake in whatever you want to do. But really the scripture is going to talk about, especially in Romans, that that's you know, really being enslaved mm. to the world. Mm-hmm. And then coming to know Christ, we get to be slaves to righteousness. And he uses very strong language, slaves to righteousness. But it's, but it's a joy. Mm. It's really what we were created for. And if, if we are created for something, and then we can operate within those, within those bounds of what we were created for, then really we're going to experience joy, hope, mm. contentment, happiness, things that really probably most everyone would say they're looking for. Yep. I think that's helpful for two reasons. So helpful and hopeful for two reasons. One, um, disciplines without direction is drudgery. So if we just talk about spiritual disciplines, just kind of spiritual disciplines, almost terminating on themselves, that is drudgery. Mm. It is reading the Bible and um, in prayer and those types of things just for the sake of doing those things is drudgery. But for, for the sake of doing those things, to get towards Christ-likeness, mm. that, that's, that's a different animal altogether. There's direction and purpose and a target on the wall. Mm. Um, but I think it's also hopeful in, in what you've acknowledged that in becoming like Christ, we're becoming human. We're becoming what we were made to be. Christ mm. is the true man, the, the, the perfect man. In our conforming into his image, we're, we're becoming what God always intended for us to be. And we're... Mm. we're uh, enjoying the constraints of becoming like Christ. I think it's really helpful. Yeah, and Chester says over and over that God's agenda for change is that we become like Jesus. Mm. And so he even you know, talks about 1 Corinthians 11, Paul saying, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Like Paul is trying to imitate Christ. Let's try to imitate Paul. And in that, we're imitating Christ. God's agenda for change, God's agenda for us is to to look more like Christ. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of something we talked about in the, the Living in Laodicea podcast when we talked about um, autonomy and affluence and in all of the options in our world. Like, um, there's all sorts of things we could be, and there's all sorts of things that we could pursue, and there's all sorts of things that we could, you know, devote ourselves to change into. There's all kinds of options, but there's kind of freedom in, in being told Ultimately, it's about becoming Christ. Like the, the path is laid out for you. Mm. God's will for your life is this: your sanctification. First Thessalonians four. Mm. Um, so there, there is a kind of freedom in, in being told that is God's agenda for you, becoming like Christ. Mm. That we, we don't have to we don't have to make a name for ourselves. We don't have to figure it out what we're going to do with our life. You know, necessarily, uh, it's it's primarily about Christ, becoming mm. like Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. So um, the first chapter is entitled, what would, you, what would We Like to Change? So he, he spent some time um, talking about those different things that we, we might, as, as you've already alluded to, we might want to change things like becoming more confident, becoming more successful. Um, I think about myself. I'd like to be more patient. I'd like to be a better parent. I would like to be more in shape. Um, all of those types of things. Uh, what's the problem with these? Are, these? are these too ambitious? Is that the issue with these? Mm. Yeah, so Chester, I think rightly highlights that they're actually not ambitious enough Hmm. maybe they feel ambitious from the world's point of view but they're not ambitious enough in terms of god offers us something more he offers us christ Hmm. he 
literally dwells within us mm. in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so he's offering us um, really the true and abundant life, John 10, that comes uh, in Christ. Mm, that's good. God wants to make us into Christ's image, mm. which is greater than confident success, even patience kind of in and of itself. Uh, he wants us to make us into Christ's image. What does he say in this chapter is ultimately the secret to change? What's the thing that we got to kind of unlock in order for us to begin progressing into Christ's image? I think it's recognizing, he, he acknowledges that it's recognizing Jesus is the good life. Hmm. Uh, Jesus really is true life and all alternatives, anything else that, that really is offered to us uh, is going to be a, a letdown. So we were talking about 2 Corinthians 3, how... Um, God is really conforming us from, from one degree to another. We're becoming more, um, we kind of partake in more glory as we uh, behold Christ. And I think um, here, here it's really helpful. Uh, I think he, he provides a helpful reminder that in asking the question, what would you like to, to see change? It's easy to think about other people and them needing to be um, maybe holier or more patient or whatever it is. But he rightly acknowledges, like, we need to think about ourselves. Mm. Each and every one of us, whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, the neighbors and wherever you live, people in your job, and then you yourself, most importantly, need to change. Mm. But really the only person we can control in that is ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to, to look more to Christ. We want to discipline ourselves unto godliness um, with the direction of pursuing Jesus, mm. looking more like Jesus, knowing more of Jesus, beholding the glory of, of God. So I guess that, you know, if we were to pause and, and kind of issue a, a question for reflection for the listener, the question would be, is Christ-likeness the good life to you? Mm. Like, do, is there is there a, a beauty and a glory to Christ that compels you to want to, to, to want to be changed in mm. his image? Um, and that's, mm. that's sort of step step one is like, Kind of, kind of catching that bug, mm. so to speak. Yeah, uh, seeing him as beautiful. Yeah, and that that's really good because it is. Um, I, I just think about in my own life very much lived, just burdened and really enslaved to what I thought would bring me joy and happiness and and pleasure, mm. and then really the freedom I've experienced since coming into Christ. It. Um, age 19 like I don't have to like hide who I am anymore it's like here's who I am here's my brokenness here's all my flaws and I've been redeemed by the by the blood of Christ mm. so there's a lot of freedom in really Jesus is um, the true and, and better life mm. than than being apart from him mm. Mm. yeah and so when Jesus talks about offering abundant life he's talking about not, uh, you know, unfortunately, the prosperity gospel preachers have sort of commandeered that text to, to make it mean all sorts of things. But Jesus is talking about a life of freedom and richness that comes from holiness mm. and becoming truly human. That's mm. the abundant life. Mm. Knowing God and being like God, sharing in God's glory. I think it's important to recognize that that true humanity is imaging uh, God. We, um, from, from Genesis 1 and 2, it's been um, broken by the fall, but true humanity is really imaging God. Mm. And that means to, to put on more of Christ, to look more like Christ. That's good. 
That's really good. Um, <clears throat> so what are some motivations for change? That's the second chapter. The second chapter, he asks the question, why would you like to change? And he lists three possible reasons. What are those? Those three possible motivations for, for changing could be, uh, one, to prove myself or, or yourself to God. Second, prove myself to others. Third, prove myself to myself. So kind of the kind of three big categories of people. Prove myself to God, prove myself to others, prove myself to myself. And what's the, what's the problem with, with these? Ultimately, these, these really don't uh, work. We, we may have some success for a season, but we're ultimately um, going to fail if we're out to just prove ourselves, to look a certain way. Um, it's interesting, he even says, prove myself to God. Um, like we need to do certain things to, to show that we're worthy of God's love. Mm. But I think the whole gospel is, you know, we are, we are not worthy. You know, Romans 5, 8, that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so, so God knew we were sinners when, when he sent Christ and um, to redeem us. And so we're not we're not out to prove our prove our worth to him. We're also not out to prove our worth to others or to ourselves, which is really hard because I think a lot of a lot of what we do, a lot of the motivation of what we do sinfully, is probably operating in one of those categories. Yeah. yeah well, you know, I think about the I've seen people on like uh, Instagram or something like that say, you know, I'm I'm doing this um, diet or this exercise regimen or whatever. For no one else, I'm doing this for me. This is I'm doing this for me, and I think um, I see that, and I'm, and I, you know, I, I sort of resonate with with what they're trying to say there. But ultimately, there's that's that's too low of a bar um, to to do these things just for you know to prove that we can to ourselves. It's um, it's like ultimately that that's going to prove incredibly unsatisfying at the end of the day, and not sufficient enough to motivate us to change. So, what is a sufficient motivation? For change yeah Chester says in his book he, he describes what what our motivation for change should be as enjoying the freedom from sin and delight in God that God gives to us through Jesus so enjoy the freedom from sin and delight in God that God gives to us through Jesus so we are motivated to change to be free from sin and to be able to take more understand more um, revel in more the glory of God. Um, mm. And that kind of goes back to what I was um, saying before that kind of in, before Christ we're slaves to, to really the world. Uh, we're slaves to, to sin. Our even own though desires. It may, our own desires, even though it feels like freedom. But now we get, the, we get the blessing really, the opportunity to be slaves to righteousness, to pursue righteousness, to put mm. on holiness, um, which really is the, the better life. Mm. That's good. Uh, what would you say some are some specific takeaways for the listener? I think one one helpful category that I talk to our community group leaders about is he uses a phrase, gospel repentance, um, that I thought was really, really helpful. Um, and it's not just highlighting that repentance is not just turning from the bad, um, turning to doing good works, but also turning from doing good works with the wrong motivations. So he he talks a lot about what are our motivations. Um, we, uh, he, Chester says, when we try to prove ourselves by our good works, we're saying, in effect, that the cross wasn't enough. Um, so behavior change does not necessarily equal 
heart change. So just because our behaviors change doesn't mean our heart is necessarily more in tuned uh, with Christ. Um, new behaviors that maybe look good are not necessarily any more pleasing to God mm. if they're still done for the motivation of proving myself to yeah. someone or, or something. So he helpfully highlights that holiness is is new affections, mm. new desires, mm-hmm. new motives that then lead to new behavior. Mm-hmm. But the new affections, the new desires, the new mo- uh, new motives come first. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, the that's such an important piece because that is it's so easy to hide and it's so easy to delude ourselves into thinking that I'm doing something, um, doing something good, even though it's tainted by my own, you know, sinful motivations and something worth really considering and, and wrestling through. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope that as you're listening to this, we're, we're gonna we're gonna in, in uh, coming weeks, in a few weeks, we're, we're gonna discuss this book a little bit more. But we hope in listening to this, maybe that you are challenged to think about. Uh, how you can grow into Christ, challenge to think about what it looks like to behold Christ in your uh, sort of day-to-day routine, uh, day-to-day habits, um, and then what it looks like for you to have new desires to be transformed from the inside out, beginning with new desires that lead into new, beha- yeah. new behaviors. Um, That's good. Aaron, thanks for some time this morning. Yeah, thanks for hopping course. on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, listener, appreciate you listening. Uh, again, the book is called You Can Change by Tim Chester. Hope it's encouraging. And uh, if you appreciate the, the weekly, let us know. You can write a review or uh, subscribe, recommend to your friends. Uh, let us know how this podcast is encouraging to you. Let us know what sort of episodes you like. That's really helpful for us as we think about planning out the calendar and producing content. Uh, again, hope it's encouraging. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week.